Hey, Northeast Pennsylvania, it's Rob O'Donnell here on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910980 AM, or anywhere on that Odyssey app. Download it for free at your app store, your Google Play Store. You have it. It's a great app. You can listen any, to any station you want in the country, especially the Rob O'Donnell Show here on WILK, or any of our stations here and our sister stations. You download the app, you've hit favorites, you get us, you can listen anywhere, anytime, play it through your your car play on your vehicle. You don't have to worry about, uh, you know, the mountains or getting staticky here and there. It's all good. You can also get us anywhere you get your favorite podcast. Just search The Rob O'Donnell Show, and uh, you can play your podcast. Your smart speaker, just ask for the podcast. It'll play you the last downloaded podcast. Usually a, a day behind or later in the day, you could usually get that day's uh, podcast. Or uh, you just ask your smart speaker to play WILK News Radio, and it'll play us live anywhere in the nation. So it's a great thing. It's 309 here in Northeast Pennsylvania, 45 degrees and cloudy. Thankfully, that rain is moving out of the area. Hopefully, you did not suffer too much from it. I know there's a lot of basement issues, I know there's a lot of flooding issues, there's streets. The shoulders of some of the roads up by me were washed out. Some of the roads were uh, were closed uh, with some uh, overtopping. It was uh, it was some heavy rain. I mean, I'm on top of a mountain, and I was standing in two or three inches of rain in my grass because it was just coming down so hard. The ground couldn't move it, and it could only move downhill so far. So it was a uh, it was a uh, a mess. We had the lights flickering at about 5 a.m. this morning. I was It was an early day for me today. Um, thankfully, you know, the holiday seasons are here. I had my son and his wife come up. They drove up with their two dogs and stayed for the weekend. And I drove them to the airport this morning for, uh, we got there at 5 o'clock. They had a 6 o'clock flight. And uh, not too much issues, you know, some some pooling. You know, I have the truck, so it wasn't too much of an issue. Heavy rain still coming down at that time, but their plane took off on time at 6 a.m., so that was good. So it didn't uh, stop traffic at the Wilkes-Barre-Scranton Airport. And there they're heading down to Mississippi to uh, her family's for the week and then coming back. We are dog-sitting. I currently have a T-Rex in my house, a two-year-old German Shepherd. That is truly a T-Rex. Great Dog, great obedient dog, just doesn't like other people, doesn't like other dogs. So we have to, you know, keep a tight, a tight uh, leash on them, uh, literally. But, uh, you know, it gives them a break to get down to her parents' house. You know, we have him. And he's a big dog. I mean, he stands up. He could basically put his paws on my shoulders. So he's, he's not a small dog, 85 pounds, I would say, at this point. Again, just two years old. So we're going to be dealing with that for the week. So it's going to be early mornings and, uh, you know, dealing with him. He's in a new environment. Um, he is crate trained. We had him in a crate, and uh, the Houdini was able to bend the crate door in half. So we're working on that now. So it's interesting. But the good thing about this rain is, is you know, I was doing some calculations, and thankfully it was just rain. Thankfully, and this morning when I drove at 5 a.m., 4.30 in the morning this morning, it was uh, 51 degrees. Thank God it was. Because you got to figure, we got about, in our area, from the valley north and west, we got two to three inches of rain. Now, if you went a little further west, you only got one to two inches of rain. If you went east of us and south, probably the you know our lower listening area, they got three to four inches of rain. 
So they say an inch of rain equals about 13 inches of snow. Yeah, you get what I'm saying? We, we, uh, we missed out on 50 and 60 inches of snow, which would have paralyzed our area. Thankfully, it was warm. Thankfully, uh, this came. I know it's a pain. I know you might have some water in your basement. Your sumps were running on overtime. Hopefully not too much damage, but think of what 50, 60 inches of snow would have did. Uh, probably wouldn't be talking to you right now. So uh, that is a good thing. That's a blessing. And hopefully that continues. Uh, you know, I know it's hard on our area with our, our ski infrastructure that's here. My daughter was up at Elk Mountain with her boyfriend on Saturday, Sunday, Saturday, Saturday. And uh, essentially they had a great time. They, they Even though the weather has been warmer, you know, they've been making good snow up there. And uh, she said the slopes were great, had a great time, and then the rain started coming in and getting heavier, and they left probably about midday, probably about 3 o'clock. So they were able to get their snow in. I was passing, you know, coming down to the studio today, Montage, and, and they, had some, they had some good snowmaking, but it looks like only that middle slope had anything left this morning with this heavy rain and 50-degree weather. So well, with the temperatures dropping, no doubt the experienced staff up there will be pumping out uh, – snow every night and get those slopes back back up and running but uh yeah it's an odd weekend you know skiing with one of my kids uh you know 50 degrees and driving to the airport in torrential rain the next day and i got a t-rex in the house we got a a good show today i got a tom holman former director of ice coming on at the four o'clock hour uh he's down at a conference in florida i believe it is uh, with a panel on stage right now. It's going to be a timing thing. My fingers are crossed that we're going to have them. Um, and, you know, I'm looking forward to it. Tom's a good friend. We've spoke together at, at a bunch of panels. He's got a new Border 911 push that he's doing with a group of other border experts, chiefs of Border Patrol, experts in the industry, investigative reporters that have investigated the borders, and... Uh, they're coming up with a plan, and we're going to talk about that in the 4 o'clock hour. Uh, so hopefully we were able to get him on the line. I spoke to him last week. I tried to get him Thursday or Friday, but we, we didn't connect in time. Um, and then I was off Friday. He, you know, he wanted to come on Friday. So you know, I shot it for today, and he didn't realize that he had a conference down in Florida. So the timing should work, so I'm hoping we could bring that to you. And that's going to be Tom Holman, former director of ICE. At the four o'clock hour, lots of other things happening here. But this uh, this flood watch, you know, it was interesting because uh, you know we are putting infrastructure in place. They are putting the locks in to uh, prevent flooding. So far, yeah, it looks like AccuWeather predicted three inches of rain will fall in Wilkesbury before the precipitation ends. Uh, it's saying early Tuesday, so we'll get a little more there. It says uh. Now, this is earlier. Maybe, you know, a dusting of snow. It looked like it was changing over west of us. It wasn't really going to be a big turnover here to where it was anything of major accumulation. So, uh, you know, hopefully you're doing all right. Check in. Let us know. Got a text message. Uh, Rain and snow don't equate that way. Colder air cannot support the moisture. The storm would have not formed like that without the warm air. Um, I'm just going by what the AccuWeather said as far as inches of rain to inches of snow, I'm not really 
scientifically telling you, but I, if this was snow, I think we can all agree it would have been a hell of a lot of snow. So, yeah, maybe technically it wouldn't have been 60 inches, but do you, you don't think it could have been two feet, three feet, a <laughs> little bit? I don't know. We'll see. And with the warmer weather and if we're on the border, that's how you get nor'easters, and that's how we get heavy snow. I'm looking at a right now pro-Palestinian protest in New York City where they're looking to shut down Grand Central Terminal in New York. Some arguments going on. Police are intervening. Seems to be the norm now, you know, both here and locally. I think locally there was some kind of caravan that drove by Senator Casey's house and a few other houses honking their horns um, for the issue. And, you know, as long as it's peaceful and not hindering other people's lives, hey, have at it. Have at it. Have your say. So uh, we'll see what happens there, and we'll keep you updated on that. Uh, there's a bunch of other things uh, coming on as well. We talked about body cameras last week. One of the local police departments were switching to them. Let me go to the phones because i got a call on it. We have uh, Paul from Tunkanic on body cameras. Paul. Hi, Rob. Uh, you did quite a quite a, um, a talk on body cameras last week, and uh, – Lo and behold, the uh, New York Times Sunday Magazine edition has its cover story on body cameras in New York City. And uh, all they did was basically take the worst cases they could find and just ripped the NYPD and their oversight board on it, not citing one time where the body cameras Uh, either exonerated the police or justified the police actions. And they used words like often and frequently, things like that, without citing statistics. And uh, I thought you might be interested in reading in it because they they mentioned quite a few people that you probably are familiar with. So um, if you get an opportunity, Rob, Please take a look at it. And um, I did. I did. I, I did read experts. I did read experts from it, and like you said, excerpts from it. But like you said, they didn't. They, it was more of a general for their line of of talk. It wasn't no, like they didn't provide any statistics. They don't. There's there's a reason why the ACLU across the nation fought for body cams and are now fighting against them because they're not showing what people wanted them to show. They're not showing that these interactions were what they, for the most part, I'm not saying there's not these cases, which they are, and when they are, they're egregious, and they're on film, and they should be disciplined in that manner. But to twist that the other way for an agenda is just wrong. I mean, for years, these organizations, civilian complaint review boards, the public, uh, you know, police oversight boards, the ACLU said, you know, we need body cameras. We need to document what these officers are doing. We need video footage to show that, that, that they're either lying or not. And when it didn't show, now you have members like the organizations like the ACLU saying, well, these cameras are an infringement on people's rights. Well, you know, just as well as I do, if they were showing widespread police abuse, they would not be taking that stance. And I think that what it also shows is that these people are not complying with the direct orders of the police department. Nobody ever got hurt by obeying what the cops said. And it's gotten a hundred times worse. That's why we can't get law enforcement in our areas. They've created an atmosphere where there's total lawlessness when it comes to following officers' directions. We see it day in and day out on the the cell phone footage that the citizens put out there, where they're just outright 
you know, cursing, challenging cops while police are taking police action, interfering with that. You know, I'm all for your right to video a police interaction, but you need to do that safely. And once you're distracting me as an officer while I'm trying to take police action, not only are you endangering me, you're endangering the person I'm dealing with, you're endangering yourself, you're endangering the people around me, and, and a lot of people don't understand that. But if you want to stand a safe distance away, record all you want. But when you want to get up in my face and now you're distracting me from my duties or distracting the officers or giving the suspect that I'm dealing with, maybe they see an opening to where they normally wouldn't resist because I was controlling the situation, but now my attention's turned to this person with a camera to back them off. Now he sees this opportunity and he tries to flee. He tries to fight. He tries to do something more. Now I got to upgrade that use of force. And now it's a bigger issue than it was if you just let me do my job, stood back and recorded it. You could record just fine from 20 or 30 feet away as you can from five feet away. And of the millions of encounters that the NYPD has had over the 10 years that body cameras have been in use, for them to be able to come up with maybe five or six instances where it's questionable, I think that speaks volumes for the, for the professionalism of the NYPD. It does. And like I said, there there are bad apples. There will be incidents. It's not a perfect perfection, but profession. But the overwhelming evidence shows that that job is done, you know, well day in and day out or to the best of the ability for the circumstances, just like use of firearms. I mean, they make it sound like the NYPD is out. It's the wild, wild west when, you know, I think last year the NYPD fired their weapon in the line of duty like 12 times for 40 for 35,000 people. Wow, that's incredible. And people don't understand also that these tapes, if it gets to be a criminal matter, are subject to disclosure so that the uh, defense attorney or, or the prosecution can look at them. Now, these, well, not only these can they, they must be turned over. It's discovery evidence. Absolutely. It's, it's, everything's evidence. turned over, yes. Okay. And Thanks, not Rob. only that, but it's public record. So even the public can say, hey, you know, a, a news organization, anyone could say, you know, you're, you're a concerned citizen. You saw an interaction on a street corner and said, I was here at this time on this date. I saw this happen. I would like to do a FOIA request for that body camera footage. As a citizen, they have to provide it to you. That is true. It does take some hoops, but you can do it that way. It does. Well, I appreciate your call, Paul. Okay, take care, Rob. Thank you. You too. It's uh, 322 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. 45 degrees and cloudy outside. It's 327. Looks like that rain is moving away from us. Let me just, uh, I can talk while I pull up the weather there. If uh, you're looking to mail something out for the holidays, your deadlines have either passed or are quickly approaching. So know how to send something if you're looking to send it. It looks like... uh, you know, holiday mailing deadlines for 2023. We got some facts, dates, and uh, dates to know and tips and more. Well, it looks like if you are planning to send something from the United States Postal Service to arrive by Christmas Day, first class and priority mail for U.S. military overseas. Uh, that deadline was December 9th. So do not go first class and priority mail for U.S. mail military overseas. UP United States Postal Service ground advantage. Your deadline was Saturday, December 16th. So that has already passed. First class mail, Saturday, December 16th. So if you send anything ground advantage or first class, it'll most likely not get there prior to Christmas. Saturday was your deadline. Priority mail. Today 
is your deadline, Monday, December 18th. So if you're looking to send something out from the United States Postal Service, you need Priority Mail. Uh, Priority Mail Express, you have until Wednesday, December 20th. It'll most likely, I say most likely again because we know nothing's written in stone, um, get there prior to Christmas. Ground Advantage is a new service from the United States Postal Service that combines several plans, including retail ground, first-class package, parcel select ground, first-class package return, <laughs> ground returns. Customers can ship packages up to 70 pounds in two or five business days. They say it's simpler, it's reliable, and more affordable, as per a United States Postal Service spokesperson. Um, United States Postal Service deadlines for overseas and military shipping can be found online. Deadlines for private companies like DHL, FedEx, and UPS are online as well. It is uh, the busiest time of year. And by the numbers, 260 million is the packages stolen by porch pirates in 2022, according to CNET.com. 11.7 billion. Mail pieces and packages United States Postal Service processed during the holiday season. That's expected. 1.6 billion holiday cards purchased annually, according to the Washington Post, cited by the Greeting Card Association. 10,000 seasonal employees at the United States Postal Service is hired to deal with the end-of-year holidays. 2,000 Christmas car designs from Hallmark. 66... That's the price in cents for a forever stamp. 51 is the price in cents for a standard postcard stamp. 21 miles of Christmas lights that decorate Leavenworth, Washington, a couple of years ago. Travel Pulse deemed the Bavarian-style burg of just more than 2,200 people as the most Christmassy town in America. It receives almost 100 inches of snow annually. So, uh... You know, there's a bunch of packing tips you can use there, but I think they're pretty much self-explanatory. We don't get into that. But if you're looking to get something out, you want it there by Christmas. If it's Priority Mail, you have to do it by today, or you could use Priority Mail Express, and you have until Wednesday. And it should get there before Christmas. Now, Priority Mail Express also is packages up to 70 pounds. So either Priority Mail or Priority Mail Exp Express is your way to go if you're using the United States Postal Service. It's not your only option. Like I said, you can go to the... Private couriers, FedEx, UPS, uh, DHL, and them. Check their websites. They'll let you know when it's expected to arrive there. But for your mail, for your cards, for your whatever you're sending through the mail, this day and age, especially with the theft of mail and porch pirates and everything like that, I know gift cards are nice, but you can send electronic gift cards now where you just they just get it on their phone via an email. It's, it's, it's an electronic card. That's all it is. We've been sending that, especially with our kids all around the place. It's just easier. You send that electronic card. They have it on their phone. There's no card for someone to steal because, believe me, these thieves, and they could be thieves anywhere, anywhere in the process from the time you drop it off to the time it arrives, how many times do you think that piece of mail exchanges hands, runs through a conveyor belt, runs through anywhere? All you have to do is feel, and you can feel there's a card in there, some kind of card, gift card, credit card, whatever it is. That's what they look for. That's what these thieves look to ruin Christmas, and that's how they survive. They're thieves. They do just that. So it's good to look into these electronic gift cards you could just send. They have them. It's uh, secure. No have to worry about 
mailing it. Don't have to worry about if it's going to get there. Don't have to worry about if it's going to get stolen. It's uh, 3.32 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show after the news with Paul Michael. Here with the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. 46 degrees and mostly cloudy outside at 3.37. I'm just watching down at AmFest that uh, Tom Holman and Sarah Carter are on stage still right now. So I'm hoping they clear that up so I can get them on at 4 o'clock. If, I, if for some reason the schedules do not align today, I will definitely have them on this week. Um, but I'm going to shoot for today. He didn't tell me he couldn't come on, so but he's still on stage with Sarah Carter, another good friend of mine, excellent investigative journalist. Uh, I I uh, recommend you follow them both on Twitter at Sarah Carter DC or at Real Tom Holman. That's both their Twitter handles, and uh, great experts on on the field. Not only have they well Tom Holman's been all across the border in the in the country, but Sarah Carter has pretty much been everywhere in her investigative journalists from the Middle East to the border to DC. You know, just incredible journalism there. But hopefully I can get them on at the four o'clock hour. Uh it looks like it might be wrapping up, but we'll see. I'm just keeping an eye on it. Did you see this new tick that has entered Pennsylvania and it's causing havoc and it's a reproductive anomaly because it the tick does not need both sexes to reproduce. There are no male ticks in Pennsylvania and they've reproduced in the millions because they're I guess asexual. It's a parasite from Southeast Asia and it's threatening livestock, wildlife and pets in 19 states including Pennsylvania's. The Asian Longhorn tick. It's been responsible for a deadly animal tax in Ohio. And while it's not believed to have transferred pathogens to people, multiple reports have said such infections are possible. The tick has been confirmed in 24 of 67 Pennsylvania counties, not none in, in Northeast Pennsylvania yet. Asian longhorns have been found in five Pittsburgh city parks. In November, a science journal published in Ohio State University study citing the invasive species is a growing threat. Native to East Asia is believed to have entered the United States via New Jersey in 2017. Damn, Jersey. The, uh, it has the special capability that lets it grow range quickly as it's asexual. It's the only tick in North America that conceived without a male-female union and like I said, in fact, there are no male Asian longhorns on this continent. In 2021, three cattle on a farm in eastern Ohio, that borders Pennsylvania, were found dead and infested with ticks. Researchers in Ohio State confirmed an otherwise healthy bull died from extreme blood loss after being overwhelmed by tens of thousands of Asian longhorn ticks. It was estimated that 1 million were present on 25 acre, on the 25-acre farm. Livestock can be heavily infested with large numbers of Asian longhorn ticks, potentially causing decreased production, slowed growth, abortion of stillborn, and of stillborn youngs, and death, said Ohio State University. The Pennsylvania Department of Agriculture said the ticks can transmit bovine theolorosis, causing anemia in livestock, and they have been linked to other infections. So far, there's not been a predicted financial impact to farmers within the state of Pennsylvania, but there are several ways the tick can cause economic burden to the livestock industry. I think we can only imagine. Penn State Extensions, vector-borne disease program specialists, 
are on it. Heavy Asian longhorn tick infestation on cattle and other areas of the world have been linked to decreased milk production and increased mortality. The Pennsylvania Department of Environmental Protection, which monitors Asian longhorn tick populations, said the pathogens uh, that cause Lyme disease and two additional human ailments, uh, anemoplasmosis and babibosis, were found in the Asian ticks. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention also reported the ticks found in Pennsylvania tested positive for diseases, including Lyme disease. So I think we could pretty much say that they are a danger to us as well. But the mere fact that they spread the way they do, I would assume, because it doesn't say anything here to the difference, whatever tick medication, flea tick medication your pets use, whatever you use to keep them away from your pets now, are uh, effective. But maybe have a discussion the next time you're at your vet, next time you're with your checkup for your animal, or just give them an email or a call and ask about this uh Asian longhorn tick because it uh, it's spreading rapidly and it's already in, what did I say, 24 of the uh, 67 counties, 25 of the 67 counties. So something to keep an eye on and the fact that they were able to kill a bull from mass in, in, uh, infestation, 24 of 70, uh, 67 Pennsylvania counties. But they're not here in northeast Pennsylvania yet. We know if they're in the rest of the country how that's going to work. So just something to be aware of. I saw it, you know, having pets, animals, myself being in the woods a lot. It grabbed my attention, and I figured, uh, you know, with some of the stories related to this, the fact that they were well, they were able to overwhelm a healthy bull and bring it down by blood loss, that's how infested this bull was, is uh, maybe something that we should have on our radar. It looks like the authorities across Pennsylvania already do have it on our radar, but it's something we should know about as well. It's uh, 343 here at WILK. We'll be back in just a minute. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. 46 degrees and mostly cloudy out there. 346. See, you give Jake a couple days off, he gets all crazy. He wants to throw chairs at the walls, play headbanging music. He's swinging his arms around. He's got a mosh pit going on in there. Hey, Jake, how was your weekend? <laughs> it was good, Rob. How about yours? Good, good. It yeah. was good to have family you know, flowing in and out. I, we had two of the three here this weekend. Um, then they're going to be all gone. We got the third coming in Tuesday, and then they're floating in and out. I, but I don't think we're going to have all three at the same time. But that's just seeing them individually is, I guess, going to have to do. As they grow older, it's something we're going to have to deal with, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what else do we have today? Let's see. Um, natural gas production fee revenues have dropped $105 million. Pennsylvania's impact fee it gets from natural gas production has declined dramatically. Though expected, it means local governments will have less money to fund some services. The Independent Fiscal Office estimated that the impact fee will generate $174 million in 2023, a $105 million decline compared to last year. The drop was about uh, what the IFO predicted earlier in the summer, when it warned of a bust following a record boom year. Most of the drop was due to uh, what's out of the state's control, falling natural gas prices. Average prices fell by almost 60% compared to a year ago, which accounted for about $84 million of the decline, according to the IFO. So 
for all the people that want to complain about the record prices and price drops and such like that, there is a give and take to that. You know, we're, we're our coffers are one hundred and five million dollar less because of that. Fewer new wells too drove down revenues. The structure of the impact fee means that new wells pay more and revenues drop as the wells age. So when the relative number of aging wells goes up, fee revenues go down. Data from the Department of Environmental Protection showed more than 400 wells were opening in their first year, more than 500 in their third year, and 4,800 in years 4 through 10. So years 4 through 10, you know, that was the, the big boom in our area, but we're lacking the infrastructure to move it. Everything has to be moved by the trucks. We're beating up our roads. And, uh, you know, it became costly. So when the price of gas went down, natural gas went down, it's not cost effective to spend all that money to try and move it, which is why we need good infrastructure to move the gas via pipelines, via other means. While the impact fee returns fluctuate alongside the natural gas market, which, like all other commodities, is silical, and dependent on a variety of factors, Pennsylvanians are reaping the benefits of our natural gas abundance in the form of lower energy prices, cleaner air, and significant economic benefits to the tune of $40 billion in 2022 alone. Sounds pretty good. It's uh, 3.50, time for the Bloomberg Money Minute. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. Let's see, the temperature is uh, starting to go down, 45 degrees. There's uh, expected light rain tomorrow as well. But it's, uh, as the day goes on, it's going to clear more and more. I mean, I don't think it's going to be sunny, but it's going to be a little clear. Not that there's much daylight left, but it's uh, 3.54 here on WILK. You can call or text at 570-883-0098. Uh, it appears that Tom Holman just wrapped up on stage down in Florida, so hopefully uh, you know he'll be available in uh, about 10 minutes when we get him on. If not, uh, you know, we'll keep trying or get them later in this week, but it should be okay. Uh, committee OK's insurance payout reporting limit for seniors here in Pennsylvania. Updates to the newly expanded property tax and rent rebate program may provide additional relief for Pennsylvania's growing senior population as two bills unanimously cleared the House Finance Committee this week. Full passage, however, will have to wait till both the Senate and the House return to session in 2024. The latter won't reconvene for voting until March 18th. That would be the House after chamber roof repairs are complete. Now, if we uh, remember, what, a week or two ago, we said that there was a, a major leak in the roof of where the House meets in Harrisburg. Hopefully this weather that we've had down, thankfully, hopefully they've taken precautionary measures to protect it so it didn't make things worse. But it looks like the House is expected to go back March 18th where we could see some movement on this. The program currently requires seniors to report life insurance payouts over $5,000 as income when applying for the rebate. House Bill 1861 would raise that number to double, 10000 the higher number better reflects today's insurance payouts. Legislators note that uh, many seniors take out these smaller policies to cover final expenses. According to the National Funeral Directors Association, the median cost of a funeral in 2021 was uh, almost 8000 meaning seniors living on a fixed income are not pocketing much, much extra cash when the policies 
of this size are fulfilled. The Department of Revenue projects that change will cost the state less than $100,000 annually. The department also requested support that House Bill 1896, which gives them more freedom in issuing rebates. The bill would allow them to send money as soon as they're approved rather than hold off until the current date of July 1st. So you're going to be getting them sooner if this passes. The change will allow seniors to uh, complete their applications early to see the extra cash earlier. So that's a good thing. And something else I saw um, here in Pennsylvania that should be of note to us, uh, Bucks County Representative Galloway has resigned leaving the state house here in Pennsylvania now tied. Republican to Democrat. There is a tie in the house right now. So uh, I don't know the, the details on this. It just I just caught it just as I walked in the studio. But Buc- Bucks County Representative Galloway, a state representative, has resigned, now leaving the state house tied. They, they, the Democrats had a one-representative majority. They no longer do. At this point. So that's going to be something to keep an eye on. Maybe keep things more down the middle. But uh, that's all I have at this point. I don't know the reason for the resignation, if it was family, if it was personal, if it they just didn't want to deal with it anymore or something happened. I don't have that at this time. But that's a big deal as far as Pennsylvania goes as a whole. The Republicans, I believe, have the majority in the Senate, and now there's a a tie down the middle. And with everything going on, come January, what, a week, week and a half maybe, um, the United States House of Representatives, the Republicans, which have control, will only have a one-representative majority because of everything that's gone on there as far as resignations, people leaving, people just saying, you know, enough's enough, I'm not fulfilling the rest of my term. Um, former Speaker McCarthy being one of them, you know, the New York Representative Santos, who was uh, booted out. There will be only a one majority there, and it goes to show you how thin this is. So for, for a Bucks County Representative Galloway to resign, tying the House, you know he was under immense pressure from the Democrats here in Pennsylvania. But for him to still walk away... Uh, It's going to be interesting to see what that is. Again, it just came across my feed just as I was walking in. I apologize for not having more, but I'm sure I'll have more on it tomorrow. But it just goes to show how these majorities, how slim majorities like this, you need to, uh, we we need to get along more than we don't. And we're just not. We're so polarized. We're so opposite. You know, it's that, that working things out and sitting down and dealing with it and Figuring out what's best for all Americans. Not one side, not the other side. I get it. We are one nation. I get it. But we've become so polarized that it's it hasn't been possible. So I, I think we need to start out here in the media, in the public, when you're out and about, leading by example and then demanding such by our representatives. Hopefully that common ground that is out there, it just takes effort and work to do it can be found to do these things because it just goes to show you it's easy when you have the majority to say, Hey, elections have consequences. Screw you. We can do whatever we want. It's harder to say that or accept that when you're on the other end of that. We've seen it both ways. We've seen it go both ways. It's four o'clock here on WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell show after the break.